I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty powerful.、Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, I I did this. I'm in it on my own, right? This、mm-hmm. is all me. And I just think I'm so grateful, and I feel so blessed to be able to have taken the journey, and feel so satisfied when I look back at what I've accomplished. That's Paula Camarena, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. I hope that you'll be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Paula Camarena is a trailblazer. She worked for years in tech and has always had a calling to work for herself. Instead of creating a business from scratch. She explored franchisee businesses to find her perfect fit. Today, she's among three percent of women working in her field, and she loves it. On this episode, we discuss her path to entrepreneurship, the women who have inspired her, and what it's like to be breaking barriers in a male-dominated industry. All that and so much more coming up. But first, if you're interested in discovering what possibilities and businesses are available for you to create and to live your most fulfilling life. Please visit thepowerfulladies.com forward slash coaching and sign up for a free coaching consultation with me. There is no reason to wait another day to not be living your best life when you instead could be running at full speed towards your wildest dreams today. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course.、Uh, let's begin.、Um, please tell the audience who you are and what you're up to. So my name is Paula Camarena, and I am the owner、um, and certified home inspector. I own my own home inspection business. Yeah, and that's called Pillar to Post. Yes, Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. Yes. How did you become a home inspector? Well.、Um, I have always wanted to have my own business, and that was really important to me. And I started actually researching different types of business back in 2013.、Um, and at that time, I had finished my graduate degree,、mm-hmm. and I was just really、uh, motivated and just you know kind of coming out the doors, going, "Okay, I want to you know be an entrepreneur. I want to have my own business." But it really wasn't time for me. I didn't have、um, the capital to do、uh, to open up any type of business. So、um, I just would research just for fun on the weekends, things like that. Different businesses, from restaurants to you know nail salons, and you know just any 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 kind of business.、Um, and I had owned several properties still with my ex husband, and so we um, decided. Um, A couple years ago, to finally put them all up for sale and sell them, we thought it was a good time to sell them. And at the time when we had、um, divorced, it wasn't a good time to sell them. The market was really bad, and we just thought, you know, let's just hang on them. That's fine.、Um, so we sold them all. So I had this extra capital,、mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, okay, Paula, you're either going to do this now, or you're, you know, going to buy a bigger house or buy. You know, buy stuff or invest somewhere else, or or do this business thing now, and give it a whirl. Otherwise, you're always going to be wondering, you know, what my life would be like if I if I didn't do that. Like, you know, I should have done it. I, you know, I don't want that、mm-hmm. to happen.
So, um, so I started, I, in, and we sold these homes during this process of selling these homes. I thought, well, maybe I'll be a real estate agent. Right. So then I started talking to a few of my girlfriends who are real estate agents and they're like, you know, this is kind of a grind. Um, it's really hard to get started. Um, and all that type of thing. And, and then as I researched, I found out that like one out of every three people has a real estate license. There's a lot of competition, this and that. And then one of my girlfriends, Eve said to me, you know, Paula, have you ever thought about being a home inspector? And I thought, hmm, not really. She goes, well, you know a lot about homes, so maybe that might be something to consider. So I said, yeah, I'll go ahead and look into it. So I did. So as I was researching it, you know, I thought, wow, you know, this sounds really interesting. Um, in my research, I found out that, you know, there's actually going to be a demand for home inspectors coming up. I found out that home inspectors make a pretty good living. Um, I am somewhat of a little bit of a tomboy in that I like to do outdoor activities. Um, you know, I've, uh, you know, my background is in information technology, which is primarily a male dominated type of industry. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been in that kind of industry. So, you know, that kind of person. So, um, I just thought, you know, this might be a good, the good, a good match. And as I started, I interviewed home inspectors. Um, and of course, all of them that I interviewed were male. Um, but they, but when I purchased the, cause it was a franchise that I purchased, um, they were very open to females and they said, wow, you know, this would be great for you if you're not afraid of spiders and snakes yeah. and blah, 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 <laughs> and going up on roofs and all this kind of thing. So I just said, I'm going to do this. And I just said, okay, I quit my job. I put everything I have into it and I've been doing that ever since. So um, it's, of course, you know what it's like to be an entrepreneur. It's very hard, um, but I absolutely love what I do. And um, I feel very empowered by it, right? Because now I'm on my, I mean, I'm just, I work a lot, but that's okay. You know, that's part of the game, right? So um, there it is. <laughs> I love it. Um, what is it about this job that you love versus other jobs or businesses that you've had? Yeah. So um, I love the fact that I have a physical challenge now. Um, so I, it forces me to try and stay physically fit, right? And try to, you know, go to the gym, lift weights, things like that, um, as well as intellectual stimulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to know all of the systems in a home. So electrical, plumbing, you know, um, foundation, structure. Um, I need to understand um, what happens in a home and as they age, what takes place and things like that. I need to understand ages of homes and what I could find in these different ages of homes, learn about furnaces, air conditioning, just about, just about everything. So I definitely got my challenge when it came <laughs> to intellectual stimulation because it's like, whoa, this is a whole different area I had no idea about. And I still continue to learn. And every home I walk into is different. And that's what mm-hmm. I like about it. I get challenged every time. And I do get challenged physically because I do have to climb up on roofs sometimes. I do have to get into the attics and crawl spaces and things like that. So those were the main reasons. Mm-hmm. And when you, you talked about how you work a lot. Like, mm-hmm. what is working a lot? Is it, you know, all week and weekends and nights? Is it just a lot of hours? Like, what does your, you know, week look like? Uh, now? So, okay, well, um, it's working a lot, meaning a lot of, right now, a lot of phone calls. Yeah. Um, as as you can see, as you know, you know, we've kind of, everything's a little slower right now during the COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So right now work is a lot of phone calls. Um, a lot of opportunities like this, I take them. 
Um, I am constantly, like I did an inspection yesterday, so I got to make sure I get those in and still do whatever marketing I have to do as well. So right Mm -hmm. now, a lot, a lot of marketing um, Mm -hmm. and then inspections and marketing. And there is no Monday through Friday. It's, It's just whatever, whatever, you know? Um, and so I tend to get everything done, but I, I love that about it too, is it never really, I'm always involved, always, always, always. And then I've got to make time for reading because I'm always reading in my manuals and things like that because um, mm-hmm. I'll find something in a house that I wasn't familiar with. Like mm-hmm. yesterday, I found um, I found a radiant heater in the ceiling. So that was a really interesting find. So um, I have a thermal imaging camera, was able to actually see the heater work. Um, and that was kind of cool. Again, I've never had that before. So, but there's the first time for everything, right? So, yeah. It sounds like you get to be the CSI for homes, <laughs> right? Like you have all the cool technology, all the forensics. Um, you're doing this whole analysis, and it really is detective work that you're doing. It is because you want to make sure that the client that hires you understands the condition of the home before purchasing it because. This is, for most clients, the biggest purchase they'll ever make. So you, you know, you think about that and then you think about, you know, oh, they have kids and all this kind of thing and you meet them and you talk to them. And so, you know, I mean, um, a couple of weeks ago, I had a client who has a son who um, had some illnesses. And so we did this whole mold and allergy testing. And all I kept thinking was, this child's going to be in this house. And I wanted to make absolutely sure that there were no issues. And so, um, and he was willing to, you know, do that with me and go through that process with me, the father. And all I kept thinking is, wow, there's a family going to be living in here with a sickly child. I need to make sure that we are, you know, clean, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you're, you're in a unique role where you are friend to the buyer, but maybe enemy to the homeowner sometimes who's selling. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's, and every home, I guess, and what I always say is every home has issues. Yeah. There is no perfect home. And I always start off my conversation with, I am going to find things, but it's, and everything could be fixed. Mm -hmm. So it's really about, you know, um, about, you know, going back to the experts, which is a real estate agent and having them, you know, go on your behalf and do whatever it is that they suggest doing. And that's why you get a real estate agent you really trust, right? Because, you you need to have that confidence that they're doing whatever is in your best interest when you're purchasing a house of this magnitude, right? So, mm-hmm. what's the craziest thing that you found so far? I found a Christmas tree in the attic, a real live Christmas tree, and I was trying to figure out how in the heck number one did they get it there, and number two. It's dead. And like, this is the biggest fire hazard ever. So it's like, this needs to come down. It was really, and it was, yeah, if someone pulled a Christmas tree up to their attic, that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. <laughs> I'm like, was someone trying to like, just, I don't know. I don't know what was going on in their head, but it was just weird. That is weird. It was. Uh, were you okay with going into like dark cobwebby potentially places before, or is this a new bravery that you've um, gotten through this work? So if you're going to be a home inspector, you cannot be afraid with a lot of, of a lot of things. It does yeah. not bother me. Spiders don't bother me. Um, you know, I'm not afraid of snakes or whatever. I, I will tell you, I did go into a home 
that um, had a basement. It was a very old Victorian and they had a basement and the the guy was like, um, the, the, the gentleman that was actually giving me access to the home was like, there was a family of raccoons in there about three weeks ago. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to get into a fight with the raccoon <laughs> because I'm five feet tall and standing up a raccoon is about three feet tall and I'm, you know, full grown and I'm going, I'm not going to play that game. Um, so I ended up going in cautiously, right? But mm-hmm. I went down there. There was no- nothing there. They had left, I guess, or what have you. But no, you really can't be afraid of things. Um, not, not a lot of things. Um, you know, um, mice kind of creep me out, but I see them. But I just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm bigger than them. So they mostly run, right? So whenever yeah. anybody sees me coming, like the little little critters, they they pretty much leave because, of course, I'm bigger than them. So mm-hmm. so it kind of you kind of get over that. And the, the, the webs and all that stuff, um, when I go under a house or I'm in an attic, um, generally I have a cap on my head, you know, mm-hmm. baseball cap and keep my hair tucked in so I don't have to worry about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you prepare. Um, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, and then, you know, when we were talking before, you mentioned how uncommon it is for a woman to be a home inspector. And I think you said something crazy, like there's maybe three female home inspectors in the entire state of California. Well, I mean, the entire state, I would say, I don't, I don't know very many, maybe mm-hmm. a handful, mm-hmm. but we are 3%. 3%. We are 3% of the population in this in this field, in this profession. So 3% of all home inspectors nationwide are female, which is not a lot. Um, So so that kind of gives you an idea. There's probably not a lot of us out here. Here in Southern Mm -hmm. California, I think I know three or four of them, um, three or four. Um, And I know Northern California has one, but then there might be a couple more that I'm not aware of. Um, We do try to stick together, right? And we do Mm -hmm. try to uh, communicate often with each other because I do know home inspectors across the U.S. And that's really kind of nice to have that, um, to have that support. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much what what it's like out there. (laughs) Do do homeowners or or realtors get surprised when when you show up and they're expecting some, you know, construction working looking guy to be there instead? Yeah. um, It. Um, I feel like the younger generation is very open to it. So they don't even flinch. They can Mm -hmm. care less. I feel like it's more like the middle-aged to older generation. That's just kind of like, wow, you really going to do this? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's what I do. Um, So yeah, it's, um, you'll see the difference in the age groups. um, But the, the younger generation millennials, they can, they can care less. The younger real estate agents, doesn't even phase them. Mm-hmm. They, they they don't even have a problem with it. It's more like the middle-aged and older generation, I think, that are kind of a little bit surprised. Yep. Yeah. And before you were a home inspector, you were in the tech world for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Also a very male-dominated industry. And it's, you know, I think that's changing rapidly now, but heavily male. Um, how did you end up in the tech space? What were you doing there? And, and what was that journey like? So um, I... Uh, lived in Northern California. My whole, I was born and raised in Northern California, San Jose to be exact. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's the tech hub of the world, right? So I just kind of fell into it, believe it or not. When, um, when I was a youngster graduating from high school, tech was just starting to boom. We were all in college and things like that. So I would hear from my friends, you know, hey, you know, um, 
so-and-so is hiring, this company is hiring. And they were all startups, but they were all technology. And um, I did get an opportunity at Cisco Systems and I took it, you know. Um, so um, they, since this was a whole new type of industry, it was, it was, I mean, I got on a ground floor, right? Ground floors. This is in the 90s. Um, it was completely new. And so they were, no one had, there was no college degrees about it. There was no, there was computer science, but this is, goes beyond computer science. This is networking, right? So um, they, they were teaching us. They, we were learning. They started the certifications and that's how the certifications got started. So we would get hired and they taught us everything. So I kind of fell into it and I really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, we had challenges there too, um, being that it was male dominated, but believe it or not, it was just kind of like you were just treated like anybody else. You just, did you pass the test? Yep. Okay. You're good. You know, <laughs> that was, that's how it went down. And, mm-hmm. and it, it was a great living and I did very well. And I'm very grateful that I had that opportunity because I learned a ton. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about discipline and things like that. Um, so yeah, and those those are the ones I think that that position really put provided me the foundation to um, be driven to be an entrepreneur, to want to learn more, to just you know um, have goals set, you know set goals and no boundaries. You know that type of mentality that's detected for me. Yeah. I mean, there's so many paths when people choose to go leave the corporate space and go into the entrepreneurial space. What was it about a franchise that made you say, like, that's the path that I want? Um, it was <clears throat> it was like buying a business in a box, right? Mm-hmm. So I know I have to work and I know I have to work hard, but um, they would have all the training for me. They would have the software that I needed. They would have all the marketing completed. I'd have to do the marketing, but they would have it all completed. Um, you know, they would provide me with the guidance that I needed to to move forward um, and, um, it has been well worth it, especially mm-hmm. because I had no background in this particular area. So, um, so when I finally took the plunge, I thought this is a great, um, this is a great, uh, you know, a great area to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, you know, they just, they have just been very supportive, even through COVID-19, you know, they, they want you to be successful, mm-hmm. um, they because they're successful if you're successful, right? So they've been very supportive in helping us try to come up with different types of creative marketing, you know, avenues and things like that for us to keep our names out there and to keep working. Yeah. I, I think that with the so much of the focus today in entrepreneurship being either big tech companies that have a wide combinator behind them or, you know, someone turning their home-based you know, side hustle into a million dollar business. I think the franchise space gets skipped over a lot in what we're talking about today for entrepreneurs. And to your point, it really is such um, an easy opportunity for people who haven't had a business before, don't know that space, don't want to have to worry about, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to think about everything. You have to be head of marketing. You have to be head of customer research. You have to be head of sales and the product and pricing and everything, let alone all the CFO work <laughs> that goes into it. So when you're with the, uh, a franchise, you get to have other people supporting parts of those pillars, 
which can be such a, a life saver and a game changer when it comes to your time and where you have to focus. You know, like you said, you get all the marketing materials kind of provided to you. So you just have to kind of put them out into your community. And that alone is such a huge cost and time saver versus needing to figure it out, come up with it on your own, brainstorm, and suddenly you're spending hours in marketing mm-hmm. instead of doing the work. Um, I really do recommend anyone who's thinking about having a business that doesn't know what they want or where to start really to look at that because there are so many possibilities. Um, our father had a Ace Hardware for a little while. Oh. And he loved it. And it was, like you said, such great training and resources where you had this camaraderie of, you know, here we we have things for you. We've got your back. Here's what you can do next. And they were able to do a lot more of the thinking ahead and forward than like he had to worry about just kind of day-to-day operations of the store and the customers and making sure everything worked. And I don't think people... I mean, nobody, when they become an entrepreneur, realizes how much work they will be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to know that you don't have to do it all by yourself, like that's such a great relief. Um, so yeah, everyone listening, make sure you check those things out. Um, when you look at your you know, professional journey, who are the people who have really supported you and kind of been mentors or pillars to make sure that you kept moving in a direction that was best for you and and who inspired you as well? Well, I think it I think um my my mother um who's not around anymore, bless her little soul, but she always instilled in me, Paula, you could do anything. And that was part, that was a huge, in my head, I always think I could do anything. Even if I look at it and go, oh my God, this really sucks. I always think, uh, but you could do it. If you really try, you could do it. And so she's like my biggest, um, my biggest fan. She's always been like that. Um, That is one person that I always hear her in the back of my head. Don't stop. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Just keep going. Um, And then throughout my um, life. I think there's been a few people that have come and gone that have been so inspirational, right? Um, and I've been able to take little nuggets from these people. And you'll see that as you go through your professional life that, that you know, those people will come and go and it'll change. Not in a bad way, because it's never anything bad. It's just people move and people have lives or people, you know, get married and people get divorced or, you know, they have kids or whatever it is that life Mm -hmm. is, whatever it is that you're going through. So they might drift off and then you find another one, right? You find another person who's a mentor who, you know, keeps you accountable or what have you. Um, Like right now, I'm really into, you know, making sure I get, since we don't have gyms right now, um, (laughs) I make sure and I do a run or a walk every single day. And so I've got a friend, my girlfriend, Catrice, She's like, we did this, um, we're doing a 90-day um, ab challenge. So we're doing um, abs for 90 days and um, it's, well, it's called the plank challenge. So mm-hmm. it's a 90-day plank challenge. So, um, and then we text each other every day, you know, in which, so so accountability partners are really important, whether it's for your business or whether it's for personal growth, whatever it is that you need to be accountable for. Like on Wednesdays, I have a study group I meet with for my, for my um, home inspection business. So mm-hmm. it never stops, right? So it's always something, but having accountability partners, having mentors, having people that coach you along the way, 
um, is very important and they're all in all parts of your life, but it is evolving and you're constantly evolving. So those things change. Mm -hmm. It's not just one individual, but who planted the seed in me was my mother. That's, Mm -hmm. it's all her fault. (laughs) (laughs) And for people who have like, would don't feel like they've ever had a mentor, but want one or want an accountability partner. How does somebody go about finding one? Like, how have you found yours or have you just asked or how has it happened for you? Well, a lot of them actually have happened naturally, but the ones that haven't happened naturally, I just say, you know what, you're, you seem like a really good, like, you seem like you have a a really good drive in you. And, you know, would you mind holding me accountable or could I schedule some time with you on a weekly basis or every two weeks just to kind of ask you some questions. And um, and most people that I ask that to are always yes, yes. And um, mm-hmm. even some like uh, male home inspectors, if you're not sure something, send me a text with a picture and, you know, I'll call them later. Or, you know, hey, I want to talk to you about commercial inspections or what mm-hmm. have you. And they'll, those those people will gravitate to you. I mean, it, and and then also in addition to that, like ask around, like if you want a coach, like a real coach, mm-hmm. ask around, who do you use? Hey, I'm thinking about this, um, you know, interview a few of them, things like that. Um, I don't think it's, it's you got to click with them, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think it's something that, oh, you just, you know, go through, you know, um, you know, Yelp and there you go. No, no, yeah. it's somebody <laughs> that it, you'll find in your circle, you'll find these people. Mm-hmm. They'll gravitate towards you. Yeah. If you look back at your childhood, would younger version of you be surprised at what you are doing today and what your life looks like today? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. When I was a child, no one says, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a home inspector. Like, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. It's just like, um, and and it's just not about, like, I uh, underneath all of it, it's paving the way for females and just not it it we don't have boundaries and mm-hmm. i and so um so yeah my younger self um was not like this at all i mean my younger self thinks are you absolutely out of your mind what is that <laughs> um <laughs> but but i have um i have two granddaughters and um i don't ever want them to ever think that they have to um, be in a particular profession or they can't do a particular thing because they are female. I always want them to believe that um, if they want something, go out and get it. You can have it. And that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm really trying, you know, deep down inside, that's the way I'm feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. But as I was younger, no, I didn't know what I wanted to do or what I was going to become. I didn't wake up saying, I can't wait to be a home inspector when I grow up. None of that happened. It's just... Uh, I evolve, right? As you mm-hmm. continue to evolve as an individual, as a person, you just kind of end up doing whatever it is. I mean, I would say, you know, Car, what about you? I mean, did you think you were going to be doing what you're doing? You know, like, I don't know, maybe this was a lifelong journey. I don't know. But, and, I mean, and then yeah. also coaches were, uh, coaches and what you do and the, like the whole powerful women thing, it, mm-hmm. it didn't even exist like it, yeah. when we were young, right? So, you know, that's amazing, you know? Yeah, completely, completely. I think if, if I if uh, I personally look back and what I was doing as a kid and what I was up to, I don't think younger me is surprised at the journey that I've had. Um, I think actually more of what 
I was spending my time doing as a kid keeps coming out now. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was like doing, you know, playing teacher or it was organizing the neighborhood to do something or <laughs> like I I think more of it's coming out. Um, but I think the general interest of reading and learning and, you know, being curious, I think that I think I do more of that now than I have in a long time. And that really makes me happy. Um, yeah. And so kind of transitioning into that, you talked about your granddaughters, you know, what does it mean to you to be a powerful lady? Like what does power and lady mean to you individually? And and what do they mean together? Wow. Um, um, uh, power means, I, I think when it comes to powerful lady and the word power is, um, having total control um, of every every aspect of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and you making the decisions and you being in control. Um, that's the power that we have. Um, ladies, ladies, we could still be feminine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've had several people say, my God, you're, you know, really, you're a home inspector. Like, you're, you know, you're too feminine looking to be a home inspector. And um, and you could still have that feminine part in you and you could still climb the roof. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and look darn good doing it. <laughs> it, doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter. Right. You could still do it. So, so, um, you could still be a lady. It doesn't matter what it is you're doing. You could power and lady. they could, you could still be a lady and be powerful. Um, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure to instill that in, you know, in women, you could have that. And, um, you know, I think it's great. When, when are moments in your life when you have felt the most powerful or realized how powerful you actually were? When I um, see that I'm, when I look back at starting from zero in my business and I look back at where I am today and I see the growth, I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty powerful, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, I, I did this because you're in, I'm in it on my own, right? This mm-hmm. is all me. And I, and I just think I'm so grateful and, um, and I feel so blessed to be able to have taken the journey, um, and feel so satisfied when I look back at what I've accomplished. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more of an internal thing, I think, than anything, you know? Yeah. How have the women in your life and your girlfriends and family, like how have they changed your life from where it could have been or how have they enhanced the life that you have today? Support. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like the women that are in my life now are are discovering our powerful women like myself, right? They mm-hmm. they just don't give up, like keep going. And, you know, I could tell them my problems and I could just, you know, cry on the phone if I need to and mm-hmm. feel safe. I'm in a safe environment and um, having those kind of women around are, is very important. And my landscape of women and friends have changed a lot though too. But again, I want to emphasize it's not a bad thing. It's just part of the evolution. Mm-hmm. When, uh, in addition to keeping up with everything that you need to, um, you know, in the resources of being a home inspector, what else are you doing to, you know, keep momentum with yourself and moving forward and, and leveling up across your whole life? Um, the the working out is good, right? Um, yeah. And then um, having different types of friends, like my girlfriend Catrice, she's my like like my workout buddy, and my girlfriend Kim is my workout buddy too. And um, 
when we were at the gym, it's like motivating each other to get up at four to be at the gym by five. You know, that's not always an easy task to do. But if I don't do it in the morning, most likely I get distracted and I'm not going to do it in the evening, right? Because mm-hmm. the, as entrepreneurs know, you're, you're, you don't really have an end time. And you don't even have an end day or an end date. It's just kind of, I even have to ask myself, okay, what day is it again? Okay, well, let me look at my calendar because I know I've got stuff planned today. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually the night before I'll check out the calendar and then, you know, that type of thing. But I guess um, my point is it, it, it's it's all, always changing, but my but it's it's all good at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing to explain how, when you work for somebody else and you have all this work that you have to do, it can feel like a burden and you can try to avoid it. <laughs> yes. And then you're, and you're always seeking the time and you can stop thinking about it. And then when you're working for yourself, it's so easy to get wrapped up in what you're doing where you like time disappears. And especially when we're in, um, like it's just going now where the days are longer and longer like it's, I have no reference for like, oh, you should be stopping now. Like the sun is still up. Like we just keep typing, we keep going. Um, and I feel bad sometimes is there a bit, there are moments when, you know, we have a social activity that we're, we've said yes to. And I'm like, oh, I just really want to keep doing this thing. Like I'm in the groove or yes. like, I want to get this out today. And it's been a lot on my side, a lot of compromises um, you know, with my boyfriend and like when we can record and I like, can I keep going? Can I stop now for dinner together? And then can I go back? And not from a needing permission perspective, but because, you know, having to balance everyone's expectations, especially when my home office right now is in the middle of our house. And like right now I'm recording remotely in our bedroom. I'm like, you can't have like, what do you need? Get out of here for the rest of the day. Um, so there's a lot of this flow and I think everyone's experiencing that, you know, being in quarantine or at their house right now, that when you have to make everything happen, how do you coordinate with everyone in the house and everyone's expectations? And I think the area that I need to work on as an entrepreneur is, you know, making sure that I like put more in my calendar to like pause and like call a friend I haven't talked to or pause and like go get coffee with someone. Because I love that. Like, I love that social connection. And it's so easy for weeks to go by because I'm so excited about what's coming up and all the things that are going on that are great. And like, even today, I'm like, wait, it's May? Like, what? What happened? I thought we were still had like two weeks in April. <laughs> oh, I totally feel you. Um, you have to, I have to actually schedule it in my calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and like you said, you know, I, I um, so I'm single. So I went on on a date. And I, the whole time I was on that date, I kept thinking, gosh, I could be, I could be studying for my drone license right now. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I'm like, I really want to be in that <laughs> studying for that drone license. And I was on a date and I'm like, Paul, stop, just enjoy this. Just, just try to enjoy this date. And you just, in my head, I play this stuff. Like, I guess you really don't want to be here. <laughs> I just was asking him, like, maybe he wasn't that handsome if you wanted to go back and study for the drone. I mean, that's, I'm like, that's pretty bad. So not interesting. Because I kept thinking, it was like, I'd be in that drone class right now. 
it's an online class, but I just kept thinking that so I could totally feel what you're saying. It's like, but I have to stop myself and say, no, this is what you have to do right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Stop and take a break and schedule it. Even if you have to do it, you have to put it in the calendar and let's go have some fun. Like this afternoon, I'm going to go and probably see my granddaughters and I'm excited about that. But I'm like... um, um, a friend of mine wants to do a Facebook post with her too. She's a realtor and I'm like, let's do it. So I'm scheduling them after that, but I'm going to go do that, you know, because I want my family time. So mm-hmm. you have to make a conscious effort to do those type of things. But I could totally see where you're coming from because yeah. I'll never forget that day. <laughs> I, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's uh, amazing what we're actually thinking about, right? Like <laughs> if that poor guy knew that you were like, Mm-hmm. And drones. No, it's so good. Um, when you look at what you were excited about for 2020, what were your original plans for this year and what were you chasing after? And then how has that changed with COVID-19? My goal was to triple my business and it was happening. It was mm-hmm. happening. I mean, I was so excited. Um, and then this happened and believe it or not, it took me a while. It's taken me a while to get out of the funk. Mm-hmm. of just, it's like someone came and just shut the water faucet off. It's like, you got to be kidding me. And I mean, I was on point. I was on point on so many levels. So um, just a lot of, this is where I started seeking help from my friends, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, um, bummed out, not motivated, just in the dumps, like just emotionally, just not doing well. Um, and so my goals are changing. They've had to change. Um, and I'm still driving as hard as I can. Um, it might not be triple, but it's it's going to be pretty darn close, I feel. Um, yeah. Because I still have that feeling that I'm I'm there. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at the cusp of blowing my business up. I'm there. And I still have that feeling and I believe in it. And I think that's a large part of you as a human being. If you believe it can happen, right? So totally. I've got to keep that belief that, you know, we're still staying on track. We're shooting for that, that, that triple, that triple business thing. Um, might have a little hiccup, but I'm still shooting for it. And, and the belief is, yeah, I'm going to make it. If not, I'm going to get really darn close. So, and I've had to adjust and had to change things up. Um, Part of my marketing strategy was on the weekends, I would go to open houses and drop off my information and have conversations with realtors. Um, and then during the week, I would drop off and have conversations with um, real estate offices and go to some of their meetings. That doesn't happen anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So now there's Zoom calls that I'm on all the time or making phone calls after that and, you know, all that type of stuff, um, doing this type of thing, doing Facebook posts. Um, you know, social media is, and all of this type of technology is really um, the next level. If you're not in tune with that, you're going to have a really difficult time. So amping up on all that stuff, just going, you know, full blown ahead on the social media, you know, Mm -hmm. the Zoom calls, the making calls, the, you know, bomb bomb videos, and just anything and everything to just get my name out, right? And have Mm -hmm. a structure, towards that, right? And how many calls you're making, how many videos you're doing, how many emails you're sending out, what, you know, all of that. Yeah. A a question that a lot of clients ask me is at what point are you like bothering 
your potential clients or network networking people or just connections. And I always say there's no such thing as bothering them until they let you know. Because there is so much, um, there's so many people we're connected to today. And there's so many things that are posted every day in Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and emails that you get. Most of the time, I never know what's happening with anyone because I maybe see like what, 10, 20 things that I actually see. Um, And so if you really want to be found, it's like, no, like you have to let people know you're there and open for business and what you're excited about and how you can help them. And, you know, sending an email every hour, probably too much. Sending an email once a month, probably not enough. So like, what is that middle ground? Um, When you're thinking about like what it looks like for you to be proactive and networking and marketing yourself, like, do you have a sweet spot where you feel really confident about, you know, I love that you said you did phone calls, right? That you're doing direct, direct, like, what can I do? How do I move forward? Um, Where does that confidence for you come? And like, what's motivating you to keep reaching out and to keep going? You're running out of money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a good motivator. <laughs> no, um, but okay. So, uh, so you mentioned a couple of things. So, um, a couple of my little secret things that I do is um, sometimes it's not always comfortable to get on the phone and talk to people, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel like you're bothering people, right? So, when you feel like you don't have a relationship built with this person, or you're doing a cold call or whatever, it could be a little nerving, right? So, I use a thing called Spy Dial. Have you ever heard of Spy Dial? No. Spy Dial is an app. And if you have the person's cell phone number, it takes you right to their voicemail. So then they could pick up the voicemail at any time. So um, people that I just grab their cards and I really don't know them and I have mm-hmm. their real estate, their, their real estate card, I'll just spy dial them and say, Hey, this is Paula with Player to Post. You know, I just wanted to reach out to you. How are you doing during these times? Mm-hmm. Um, just hope you're still, you know, plugging along. I know it's difficult and just leave a message. And then I feel like they could pick it up whenever they want. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have the clients that I've actually done business with. And they're the ones that I call because I have some sort of relationship and I have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And then there's my bomb bomb videos, right? So I do that. So, and I personalize it. So I have an app called Big and Big actually allows you to add the name of the person. So I say, hello, Tara. And then I'll say, hey, Tara, you know, I just want to send you this video, things like that. Mm-hmm. I try to switch it up so that it's not always the same. And then I do once a week um, blast email to all of everybody. Yeah. So everybody's going to get the once a week email. And then during the week, I switch it up. And of course, I have a CRM mm-hmm. that I keep track of all of these. So my tasks, my phone calls, and then I actually put the notes in. Did I leave them a slide dial? Did I actually talk to them? Mm-hmm. Um, when a call lasts 53 minutes, I put like, the call lasted 53 minutes. And we talked about this, this, and this. I'm going to send them a bomb bomb video in two weeks or, you know, next week or whatever, knowing that every week they're still getting an email from me. So it's almost like I go into this, I want to give them like these subliminal or subconscious, you know, remember Paula kind of thing. So that when they do have a home inspection, they'll give me a call rather than Mm -hmm. somebody else. So I have my little, um, you know, my uh, schedule and my little, you know, kind of, um, different things that I do. And I think you have to establish that because it can't always be too much of one thing and it can't be just one thing. 
But as you continue to build relationships and you should do the cold calling, when you are feeling confident to actually talk to somebody you've never talked to before on a cold call, and, you know, when you're feeling that confidence, you know, maybe next time it'll be a bomb bomb video. And then the time after that, you'll do another phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you won't do a spy dial anymore. You kind of graduate from that. But at first, it's always yeah. a spy dial. And then you'll get a text sometimes saying, hey, thanks for your message. Um, so it just, and it depends on the individual. But those are my little secrets, you know, yeah. of things that I do. <laughs> Yeah. And to summarize for everyone listening, you are keeping track of everyone that you talk to. Mm-hmm. You're keeping track with details. Mm-hmm. You're even keeping track of all the ways that you've communicated with them. Like it's not like you call them once and you're done, right? Like you want to get them on the phone. Then right. you want to do send them to the next thing. So there's a really clear like level of communication where the more your relationship builds with somebody, the more communication that they they have the opportunity to have also, which is huge, right? It's not like the phone call and then you're complete. It's like, no, it's the phone call and then this and then that. And then they're the customer. And then they get still get communication because you want them to be a customer again. Um, yeah, I think it can be it, for people who have never done that level of networking and marketing because it, that's what it is. It's marketing. Um, it can feel overwhelming, especially <laughs> if you're a, um, you know, a nervous, if you're nervous with new people or talking to new people. Um, but I think once you get into the groove and see how powerful it is, it changes. And then I, I think what's also powerful that you said earlier, you're so connected to how you impact someone's life with the work that you do. Um, to me, that's like a great place to always come from because you know the value you're adding to a family and their home and this huge purchase they're making. Um and like I've been using the example, like if you had a vaccine right now, you would tell everyone. You would never hold back. Mm-hmm. And we get so nervous to hold back. And it's like, no, like all these people are looking for you right now. They just don't know about you yet. Wow, that's a good way of putting it, Cara. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, They yeah, just don't know. They don't they know don't about know. you and they don't know what value you bring, right? And it's all mm-hmm. about the value you bring. And yeah. um, I guess what you would say with me is that the value that I bring is just, it's just not a home inspection. I really care about the families I'm impacting. Mm-hmm. I really care about that this is their biggest purchase of their life. Who's going to live in it? Like yeah. I've had a couple of clients who were um, pregnant when they bought their homes and I'm like, oh my gosh, a baby's moving in here. I mean, like a brand new baby. And I mean, mm-hmm. that when I start thinking about that, it's like, I need to make extra sure that like the railings on these stairs are right. You know, that these steps are, you know, are, you know, <laughs> are to code and they're, they're great and they're safe for the child. Um, I need them, you know, like just things like that, like um, all these little things. And mm-hmm. it is, I really, I really care about my clients. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. And and what a huge opportunity for you as well, because you do care so much. Um, Like I, we, we moved my entire life growing up. So I think I've met more home inspectors than the normal person may have (laughs) because of that. And I wasn't even working with them at a professional level. They were just, I was there when they were walking around the house or doing things, but I don't remember anything about them. And I bet my parents don't either. Unless they were like causing a problem as, you know, whether we were buying or selling Mm -hmm. and to, to, but they do remember their real estate agents, right? Mm -hmm. So for you to be taking this very personal and um, more real estate approach and how you're marketing and connecting with people as a home inspector, like how cool for people to remember 
who sold them the house and who inspected it at the same time, right? Versus just like another person checking the roof. Huge. Um, And who wouldn't want a powerful lady doing it for them versus just anybody? Right, right. Yeah. So I do place calls before and introduce Mm -hmm. myself. And then I do place calls after the inspection. And I don't really know how many. I mean, that should be to me, you're providing a service that should be standard protocol, right? Mm-hmm. How did, you know, did you have any, I mean, my first call is like, do you have any concerns about the home? Is there anything you would like me to pay special attention to? And then after the home inspection is, there, do you have any questions about the report? Do you want to go through the report together? You know, and scheduling a call. And, you know, it, it might take a little bit of extra time to do these little things, but it's so time well spent. Because Mm -hmm. you want returning clients, right? You want returning real estate agents and you want returning clients. The people that bought the house, you want them to call me again when they're going to buy another house or they sell this house and buy something else. Um, And then I do get them, as as I talk to them, they open up to me and they start um, asking me more questions. And then, um, and then you end up building this relationship with them. And mm-hmm. I think the relationship part is like the key, right? Yeah. To your success. And who doesn't want to build a relationship with their client? I mean, I just think you yeah. have to do that. And it doesn't matter what kind of business it is. Mm-hmm. I think the relationship is one of the key elements of the, of your business. And if you don't have relationships, you know, pack it up because it's going to be very hard very yeah. hard to be successful. Well, and I, I think you're also in <clears throat> in providing great customer service. It's it's not just for you to do your job great and for you to um, have a great relationship and name with your clients, but I really hear your commitment to making sure that they get what they really need, right? Like most people don't know why they're having a home inspection or what it really does. And for you to make sure that they totally get it so that they can be empowered to do something with it. I think that's also like a whole nother level of service that most people aren't providing, regardless of what their business is. Like closing the loop is so important and it's missed so often um, with whatever service people are providing because they don't think about it. You think like, okay, it's done, cool. What's the, who's next? Versus is that person like done? Do they get it? Are they, what's missing? Cause you know, Nothing sadder than getting something that you like and then not knowing what to do with it, <laughs> right? right? How do right. I read this? What do I do now? Yeah. There's always more questions. Um, so I love that you do the before and the after with your clients too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we ask everyone on the Powerful Ladies podcast where you put yourself on the Powerful Ladies scale, uh, zero being average everyday human and 10 being the most powerful lady you can imagine. Where would you put yourself today? And where do you think you put yourself on average? Oh, today I would say I, uh, well, um, gosh, (laughs) this is a difficult question. Mm -hmm. Um, Powerful ladies, I would say I would be a, uh, just a powerful lady in general. I would say I would be a seven, a powerful lady today. I would say a six. I've been struggling with this situation that we're going through right mm-hmm. now, um, it's been a hard transition. So that's why I kind of bring it down a, a notch. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I know. It's, it's, I'm curious what's happening in the next couple of weeks, right? There's so many, you know, we've been pushing the four Ps through the powerful ladies world of pause, prioritize, prune, and pivot. And 
it's when you're when you're a business owner, it's so hard to do the pause. And it can be hard to wait. Like I am the least patient patient person I know. And that skill has, keeps growing as I get older. So thankfully, um, but having to wait to, you know, do the work you know you can do or waiting to make a new connection or waiting to see the fruits of your labor like come to be is so hard sometimes and frustrating. Um, and then add on top of that, just all the human concerns we have right now. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's where you are in a place that is completely uncharted territory, and there are still so many opportunities right now. Um, and I think it, there's definitely a weeding out of the types of businesses like you spoke about that aren't building relationships, that aren't um, aren't treating their customers and clients like they're real humans. You know, like they're they're not just a number. Um, and I think as well as you pointed out, like who's keeping up with new methods of connection and new methods of, you know, like, okay, well, how do I do the same thing differently now? So it's, it's, a it's a, it's a very interesting road. And, you know, we said in a couple of podcasts ago, I feel like we're, we've learned more in these past, you know, two months than we have in the past two years <laughs> because of how much we're having to take in new technology, new processes, new systems. And when you look at making a business optimized or, or efficient, you're always looking at reducing the operations part and like streamlining things. And right now those are all the things that we're like throwing out the window and recreating. Um, so I think there's so much grace to give ourselves and our clients and our teams because like every day is, is like a little bit wild west about what we're doing mm -hmm. and there's still gold, right? <laughs> so how do we go find it? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we are at a, at a very, uh, in a very, I mean, the last pandemic was so, I mean, we, this is just coming out of left field. And I remember 2008, mm -hmm. 2009, you had to do a shift, right? In the way mm -hmm. you're doing business. And we're here again in, you know, 2020, where we have to shift. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the ones that are going to survive, like you talk about, are the ones who can actually shift. I'm not saying it's easy because it's not by any means, but mm -hmm. we're forcing ourselves to shift right now. And yeah. everybody's forcing, being forced to shift. Yeah. Um, I don't know a business out there that's not mm -hmm. being impacted and not being forced to shift in some uh, some way, um, you know. So we're all in this together, and um, and we learn from each other. Um, and I think it's important that um, we stay connected with our people mm -hmm. um, and help each other out. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter what it is that you do, but help each other out because we're in this together, and we're not going to stop. It's going to yeah. this this too shall pass, and we're going to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, but right now we got a blip in the system and we all have to shift and maybe there, there's going to be this shift for a while. Maybe mm -hmm. it's going to change for a while. I don't know. Um, maybe what's going to come out of it is a whole new way of doing business and, you know, focusing on those types of things. And, you know, maybe real estate offices aren't going to be real estate offices. Maybe there's just going to be zoom calls from now on. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, Yeah. but it's all about being nimble and mm -hmm. being able to shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And being okay with like, today is a self-care day. Yep. Right? Like you said, calling your friends, reconnecting with your accountability people. Mm -hmm. Like, and 
you know, when you, I think when you compound powerful lady mentality into an entrepreneur, it like even crushes the space we normally give ourselves to like have a throwaway day where we don't, we aren't productive. <laughs> and I think that's another like big, like personal thing I'm always like fighting to make sure I'm implementing. Like, what does it look like to have a day where like I am on the couch? I do watch movies. I order food in. Like, is that allowed? <laughs> like, am I allowed to be in pajamas all day and like not be, be productive? And it's so hard for me. Like, eat, I'm like, can I yeah. just do one thing? And it's like, no, like you have to totally stop. Stop. Yeah. And um, so I think when like, there's like no room for that to breathe when you're a woman and an entrepreneur. And it's like, no, we just have to like surrender, like let it happen sometimes. Um, so that's that's the other battle that I, that I personally am always taking on. So I understand. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, as we're wrapping up today, what else would you like all the people listening to know about you or to know about what's available to them? Um, so uh, to know about me, well, I am a home inspector and I'm a female home inspector and I'd love the opportunity to help any of you out there that are looking for a home inspection. Um, and then also I'd like to leave you with this Um you will never influence the world by being like it. So go out and do something different. Just try to do something different that you don't do normally. Yeah. I love that. That is super powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Of course. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. You are such an inspiration and I can't wait to hear all the feedback we get from this episode. Thanks. What a great episode. Paula is a great example of a powerful boss lady who keeps pushing herself, keeps seeking balance as much as what's next, and who puts her heart into her work so she can serve her clients the best ways possible. When you care about your clients as much as you do your own family and friends and take care of them that way too, your customers feel it and appreciate it and your bottom line takes a bump. To connect, support, and follow Paula, you can follow her on Instagram, pcamarena2000. And of course, visit her website, paulacamarena.pillartopost.com. All the other ways that you can connect with Paula will be listed on our website, thepowerfulladies.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Powerful Ladies podcast. There are so many ways you can get involved and get supported with fellow Powerful Ladies. First, subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. Join the Powerful Ladies Thrive Collective. This is the place where Powerful Ladies connect, level up, and learn how to thrive in business and life. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. And of course, visit our website, thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. Without her, this wouldn't be possible. You can follow her on Instagram at Jordan K. Duffy. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.